The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callahan Innovation. Here's your host, Simon Bell. If you want to see the power of great execution, walk into any of the hospitality offerings that our guest today has brought us. You might think a burger is a burger, but that is until you've been to Burger Burger. Consistently named a top option in town, their great ingredients, atmosphere, energy and engaged team have made their affordable treat a household name, with half a million plus diners served a year. Before that, Mimi Gilmore introduced the Mexico restaurants, growing fast and taking that mix of tacos, fried chicken and fun across many locations to a successful exit. To talk ideas, creativity, execution, and big goals delivered, Mimi Gilmore joins us today. G'day. Hi, Simon. Hey, thanks so much for coming up. Um, t- tell us about growing up with HOSPO and entrepreneurialism in the blood. My, um, my mother had restaurants uh, in my childhood, which I grew up running around. Um, actually, the first Mexico was the very same building that my mother's restaurant was in, um, in the 80s, and then she... Um, in, in the Bredemart concept. In the Bredemart, yeah. yeah, in Bredemart. And, yeah, no, I guess I guess my parents also always encouraged us to understand the value of working hard and being able to set your, your mind to something. And then if you if you worked hard... And my, I used to have a, a, a poster above my bed that my mother wrote said, that said discipline and persistence. Um, and... Yeah, she just they, there was no disillusion about what it took to succeed, but um, very much encouraged that anyone could do anything that they set their mind to. But you didn't go straight into um, business. You you studied fine arts. Yes. What, what what's that kind of um, approach? How's that helped you in what you've done? Um, taking that kind of ideas led approach. Um, I guess fine arts teaches you that there's no one right answer. You know, I guess it's about exploring how people feel and how people think and and how people experience things um and I think for me it's probably allowed me to be able to be very flexible in business um and probably a little, be a little bit more, more fun in a way I guess a bit more playful because I yeah it's a lot of what you know th- we do comes from a bit of you know fantasy and um yeah, I guess it's a very it's very emotional, and you know, as is hospitality. But I guess it just yeah, broadened it stopped me from 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 being too linear. 
So after doing the arts degree, mm. you went to Sydney. Yes, tell, tell me about your career in Sydney. What did you get up to there? Because um, you kind of came back to Auckland and Mexico and district dining and they all just exploded, yeah. kind of fully formed on the scene here. I moved to Sydney because I followed my heart. Um, but I also, um, I very much thought that my career would be in advertising. So I did... Um, to maybe three years at Publicis Mojo in Sydney. That sort of corporate uh, structure was not for me. I found it very limiting. And um, so then I moved into working for a uh, National Australians Awards, uh, Hospitality Awards program, which was kind of the opposite, where it was almost run like a charity. It was completely funded by partners and there was two of us doing what five people should be doing. Um, but it was pretty epic and something that I was very passionate about so that was a really wonderful opportunity my um, partner and I had he had a fine dining restaurant which um, we renovated Um, we also opened district dining in Sydney I got asked by brand events to then come back to New Zealand to run the um, design and run the food show for the rugby world cup so you, kind of, you, you kind of moved away from Hospo, but Hospo pulled you right back yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up coming to New Zealand to do that. And I was traveling between Australia and New Zealand for about an hour, a year and a half after that um, until it just all took its toll on me and I ended up back here full time. So. And you first came back here with the district dining concept. when you Came w- here for, for brand events. Yeah, for, for, um, for And then I so, met... Yeah. Um, my old business partners at the Lewisham Awards, which are the hospitality awards in Auckland. Um, and they sort of, he said to me, I'd love to take you up for lunch the next day. And he said, I've seen your restaurant, District Dining, we'd really love to open one here. I, we were talking about it and we were like, we should give it a go. And yeah. um, so we, yeah, built Mexico and we kind of did all the bits that we, you know, set it up the way that we thought it would, you know, work and team on board and open the doors and then like within three weeks we'd like basically no one had left the building and we'd tripled the staff and yeah so I think I think because it was the sort of you know first really intensive value-driven experience mm-hmm. like hospitality experience in Auckland yeah um it just yeah it just worked really really well it, it felt like it came out of nowhere like just <laughs> fell out of the sky and we'd had kind of the, the poor old, like the Mexican cafe, I have a lot of love for it oh. as a hospitality institution. Yeah. But nothing totally. had changed there in 30 years and yeah. everything was expensive and mm. really you only like the margaritas. And then out of nowhere, this thing pops up that has energy and fun and colour and it's just yeah. so moving and it's affordable. But the value offering, I think, was was big. I think that the environment was just magical, yeah, you know. Beautifully like, art directed. Um, and... Uh, my old business partner and also a very um, wonderful gentleman called Brendan Ryan, who's very clever. Um, and I learned a lot over the years of Mexico from, um, yeah, did a really wonderful job. And it was just really, it was really wonderful to feel um, so f- the freedom with colour and yeah. that, that intensity, I guess, from, you know, like white wall wall you know, restaurants and simplicity to just kind of go extreme was just, yeah. Because d- district dining was beautiful, but it was quite clean lines and they had those great Richard Orgis um, yeah. photographs on the walls. Like oh, it, was, it was a beautiful restaurant. That, that was beautiful, but very different to the energy and kind of cacophony and, and yeah. fun of, um, of Mexico. And so is that, is that um, so, so t- t- talk me through how that went. So it opened, yeah. exceeded all expectations. And then how quickly did you guys add 
new outlets and what did you build to? I think in the, t- in the two and a half years I was there, we had hit seven, six or seven when wow. I left. Yeah. And you were doing operations, kind of creative direction. Yeah, I was doing everything kind of until towards the end and then I started getting um, a bit of help and... So, so, so yeah. opening opening an outlet while running an outlet while scaling your operations yeah. while hiring new staff yeah. while it was a busy time so- sourcing <laughs> the things to put on the walls. Like, yeah, did, um, did Brendan, you get a recipe? Brendan, Brendan did a lot, a lot of um, you know the interior stuff, and um, I guess my primary job was more. Yeah, I did a lot of the de- the back design work, but also operations and people and yeah a bit of everything I don't know it was just a time in my life where I was happy to work 100 hours a week and not sleep it was just exciting and I loved it so it was just yeah I just it was just I just kept going um but but a lot of lessons came with that as well you know like personally physically and um also a lot of business lessons you know I've, I've never been motivated by money, I've always been motivated by ideas, and um, probably made I made some big mistakes along the way, both in Sydney and in New Zealand, and I guess it all kind of caught up with me and, and yeah, took its toll in a way. Whilst it was just yeah one of the best times in my life, I kind of had to make a decision about what the future looked like, mm-hmm. and yeah. And what was that? What was that decision? Um, that decision was to to leave Mexico. So I yeah I had some wonderful business partners in Mexico. They had some very successful businesses in Britomart, um, and I just needed to get some headspace and and go and um, start a business that I guess f- more fairly reflected my personal values, which were probably more people orientated, maybe a little less financially driven. Let's pick the journey up where, where, where you took it next. So there was a very short time between getting out of yes. the um, massive Mexico operation and then Six weeks. starting Burger Burger. <laughs> so yeah. you, that, that burger thing, so that wave that you um, that you rode, the yes. kind of gourmet burgers that's taken off all around the world, you know. Yeah, um, so I guess in the same ilk as uh, Mexico, mm. like I, at the same time I had also still been travelling between New Zealand and Australia. So our fine dining restaurant with my, this is my lovely um, rich personal tapestry as well my ex-husband who's a gorgeous man still and has um Cherburger. so we had a fine dining restaurant um as things do um environments had changed in sydney and we decided to turn his fine dining restaurant one half of it into more of a casual diner and the other back alley which had been neglected for so long into a burger joint called Cherburger. Yeah, which was a hugely influential um, hospitality offering when it came out. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, I mean, it was very much like, I mean, in Sydney, you basically dine out every night because you can Mm. um, and you don't have time to not. And um, yeah, I guess Warren and I had sort of said there there was nowhere to go to have just a good burger. Like, why was it so hard to get a good burger and a beer at the same time? So yeah, we did that, and it, that exploded. Um, it was obviously needed, um, and then actually, about six weeks after they opened, they burnt to the ground. 
Um, so <laughs> that was an electrical fault. And, um, you know, it, it's pretty common in hospitality, to be honest. Um, and a big, another good life lesson. Thankfully, we were insured up to our eyeballs. But nevertheless, um, extremely stressful situation. And then that's what kind of brought me back to New Zealand. And, and I guess probably also triggered that decision around leaving Mexico it was yeah. kind of like how how you know like this is too much how am I gonna yeah feel good about getting up and going to work every day so um yeah so uh, burger experience in, in Sydney and again obviously I read and breathe everything hospitality that's going on around the world every day um and it was the same thing there's no there's no great burgers in Auckland and tell me about the way you set that company up so that you would take the lessons from the very fast growth of Mexico yes. and make something that was more manageable to be able to look after yourself. Did you achieve that straight off or did it take a while to actually achieve not doing the 100-hour weeks? Um, well, the first, because Burger Burger just exploded. Yeah. Um, t- t- tell me about the explosion. <laughs> tell me. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. It's it was just it, like, I think when I did the numbers, you know, and 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 when when we talk about lessons, I'd, I'll talk about numbers. Mm. Um, they, you know, I was kind of like, oh, this will be a great week. You know, this is our break even. This is a good week. This is a great week. And um, and I think in our first year, we were doing, we were sort of trading at about two hundred and fifty percent of what I thought the great week would be wow so it was just like i think we served like 180,000 customers out of a 70 square meter burger joint um and it was just there were just two hour waits and i, I mean i literally had to stand at at the gate on like at the door on friday and saturday night like fending off people from you know wanting to come in and that explosion yeah what did that mean for you then like just if it was doing two and a half of, times the best case scenario um, for the first wee while. I mean, I did have a wicked team on and, yeah, I guess the difference between Mexico and, and what we've done with Burger Burger is that we, we rode that wave and we, you know, we've opened, we're three years down the track now and we have three restaurants, not six, you know. And so, yes, I have worked hard, but also um, I have made sure that I have time for the people that I love in my life and I have sleep and I have exercise and I have weekends and I have you know things that I sacrificed before and um yeah so that's probably and, and have you like as an observer kind of um uh, an admirer of the way you run the business have you focused more on things like um the social media thing rather than just opening more doors doing more energy of actually kind of like uh getting people in through social media to your existing doors yeah I think for me it was more like I think the thing with growth is that we we are successful because we are delivering on many levels so our food is delicious the environments feel great and we have teams that are engaged and want to be there to serve you and the that's a that's you know like we have 130 people in the business now and that's with three businesses you know I guess for me it was I'm all about growth because we I get emailed on a weekly basis from people up and down the country not just property developers like genuinely like people that are like I'm sick of driving to Auckland to get your burgers please open one in the mount Mm. um was how do we how do we grow this and still have this sense of community in our team and um yeah, so, yeah, we, we've definitely invested in making sure that we have um, in resource 
and time and um and, and time to figure out how do we do this and still yeah so social media I mean social media is 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 a wonderful tool it's really cost effective um because we have such delicious you know subject matter it's quite easy for us to photograph really well and mm-hmm. use that um we use the people that are in our team yeah. to talk about our brand and um yeah, and the other thing that we've done, which is heaps of fun, is quite a lot of collabs with other cool brands. Um, I'm definitely a big fan of, like, the power of collective, you know, um, voices. So, yeah, it's it's given us time to just really also figure out who we are and who we want to be. Like, it changes. You think you start businesses with one idea and um, we we have such a broad customer um yeah demographic really I mean there's no we just wear everything to a lot of people and that's awesome you know but it's just like how do we it's just I guess we've just it's been like growing pains you know like who are we who do we want to be and how do we make sure that we deliver that to every single person if we were to grow so yeah let's look at one of those goals that you have which um, is a really cool goal to be the best workplace for under 25s mm. is, that, is, that, is that if I phrasing that correctly or be the most admired inspiring, or inspiring I yeah, think, yeah 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 um yeah I guess the, the biggest challenge in hospitality in New Zealand is is the mentality of the workforce because it's just hasn't been given the respect that it deserves for so long because it's just seen you know like it's um I guess I mean, and, and this is probably a bit of a generalisation because I did go to art school, but there are, um, you know, a lot of kind of be a lawyer, be a accountant, be a, get a proper job, you know, and I don't really know what that means. Um, and I guess for me, it's, there's a bit of a flow on effect because it hasn't been respected, then people, the young generations that are, that are the workforce in it don't feel respected working in it, so then they don't treat it in a respectful way, which means... I guess generally, like a, our, our service levels aren't, you know, on par with a lot of the other international cities that we're surrounded by. Therefore, they don't get paid very well. Blah 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 blah. You know, and I guess I had heard over and over again, oh, my biggest problem is our staff, and I just didn't want that to be the case. I'm yeah. like, but why? I want, I want the people, our team, to be our greatest asset. Um, so we were like, instead of focusing on you know, how do we control these annoying kids? <laughs> we were like, how do we find great young Kiwis and give them wicked opportunities um, to want to see the benefits of working in hospitality? Like, let's make that our focus because if we can, if we have a, a, an engaged and energised workforce, then everything else becomes easy. Um, so yeah, so we've kind of just recently again revisited those and, and set ourselves a sort of goal of revolutionising the burger chain. And um, one of those goals is to offer um, extraordinary financial opportunities. Um, and that was really important for me. I think if we wanted them to see a future in that, we needed to be able to provide them with you know, a financial opportunity that would support a lifestyle or a family once they got to the, that top position. And, and if you go down the, I guess, franchise or, you know, like all of these other sort of options, you're talking, you're talking to a different category of people. So we were like, how can we 
find a way to motivate that generation to stay here and work with us and push this put the push this whole industry into a different a new kind of yeah perspective cool at what stage of that journey are you at now being um, um th- three years and three businesses open and um, 130 staff to work with we um have just very much finished a regroup um i my husband um runs the commercial side of the business and he is a um he's just an exception to the rule he's um works incredibly hard and has done a huge amount of innovation um in the data end of what we do so that at the moment traditionally i guess a lot of that information that sits in hospitality kind of turns up a week later and you're you're looking back and you're going, oh, should have, what have, could have. Um, and what we've been working on is giving them um, transparent live data to make, you know, d- decisions, predetermined decisions rather than, you know, proactive rather than reactive. Um, so, yeah, I guess what we've set ourselves a goal is um, for the next year to just keep building those foundations um, and then we're a- aiming for 15 open in, by the end of the next five years. Cool. Cool. And you guys innovate not just in how you treat people, which is, it's so sad that like treating your staff with respect is an innovation, yeah. but it is. Yeah. Uh, you innovate not just with that, but you guys have made apps, you guys, you know, yeah. you're, you're seriously at the technology side of hospitality. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, hey, technology is, is, is a wonderful thing. I'm not going to lie. I function through my iPhone. Um, I pretty much do everything on my iPhone I supermarket shop on my iPhone um but yeah I I think it's wonderful because in terms of giving you time back in many ways so we will use it to find efficiencies but I will never let it interrupt the service aspect of what we do so yeah we have built an app we've learned to listen about that we've gone backwards and we've um recently um done a a JB with a very, very clever tech company in New Zealand, which is kind of aiming to build um, an, envi- an, an environment a bit like WeChat in, mm. in China. So we're working with them to build the hospitality kind of cool, with, um, with aspect. payments and stuff as well? Or? Everything. Wow. So it'll be your one-stop, a one-stop shop, a wallet, payment, everything, getting in the door, jumping in the queue. Like it'll be, yeah. it'll just take all that kind of, all the annoying admin aspect away for, for you um and, and with, a, with a young workforce and um i imagine you know you've got a wide demographic but i imagine you've got enough early adopter type customers as well yeah you, you can try things yeah totally i think i think i think at the end of the day this is this tool it will be incredibly useful and it will make people's lives easier so they will want to use it yeah i guess one of the focuses for us was um for me was always can my mother use this um, and you know she's pretty tech savvy these days, but she's you know mid sixties and um, yeah. So it's, it's I think it's about simplicity, but I think it's about just it's just a, it's time really. Mm-hmm. It's like how can we give you back your time to spend more time face to face in our restaurants with the people that you love because yeah. that's our you know that's our primary focus. So that's pretty awesome. And then yeah, other end as I said, we've just pushed put screens into our restaurants and um, out the backs, and we have live dashboards updating our teams on their live wage costs, on how their customers. Hopefully, their app will interact um, with their dashboard so they can see how their customers are feeling in real time. 
um, yeah, so it's just just exciting stuff like that. I mean, I guess our workforce is also like they they they're used to that environment you know and I think the thing is how do we motivate them it's like let's get into their world and, and so you share information about the costs the profits everything in the business yeah. and that that must be I mean I, that's what we do at Vend mm. and coming into Vend that was amazing all of the information was available uh, yeah. and that was so empowering that must be even rarer for under 25s in, the, in, a, in a hospo job to have that kind of information sharing yeah, it's definitely, you know, like we've just also got a training specialist on board. We're going to build like an entire, what we BB University online. And for me, that extends beyond just what they do day to day. It'll be also, hopefully we'll be able to teach them some personal financial tools because I think they need to understand. I think it's important for us to, for them to, un- to understand that we respect them enough for, to teach them how a business works. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they just see the money pouring in the top. You know, yep. and I guess and what, the way that we've decided to financially motivate this next generation is um, it will be through a profit sharing scheme. Mm-hmm. And in order for them to understand how they can manage that and, and realise, you know, as much value as they can for themselves in that, then they need to understand the mechanics of a business. So, yeah, they need to, to know that. They need to see it. They need to understand it. That, um. that is so cool and I, it's something that uh, we do at Ingrid Stance. We share mm. every bit of information and yeah. all of the targets are based off gross profit and it took us maybe three or four years to get to the point of understanding that that's what we had to do because we weren't thinking enough as kind of the managers about profit and about the, the numbers. T- mm. Tell me about some of the lessons. Like how long did it take you to get there and you, you know, mm. what are the, some of the things that you wish that you'd learned earlier? I wish, I wish I'd learned to focus on gross profit and tell everyone everything from day one. Yeah. Um, I, did, I definitely think my, my, the gnarliest lessons that I've learned to financial, I think it's, you know, I think often entrepreneurs or anyone who does go into business generally goes into business with an idea. Um, only the sensible ones go in with a financial... <laughs> <laughs> a really clear financial strategy in in front of them um but yeah i guess it's i guess it's not being afraid of numbers you know like actually they're your friend they're a tool in your business um definitely understanding like having as much transparency as as you can, possibly can um if it's not your strength hiring somebody who is and just get them to explain it to you you have to understand it if you are the business owner um, as I said, my husband definitely. I'm not going to say um, claim any of our <laughs> the geniuses that have come out of that um, at all. They are definitely very much so driven by him. We've just got a really, really, really clever new um, CFO advisor. She's just come out of um, my food bag actually, and you know I think it's just yeah, get advice, um, ask for help. Um, and yeah, all of financial, when you're sending budgets, always, always give yourself a 20% slash fund. Yeah. Things go wrong all the time and that's not bad. It just, it's the reality. So just, I think be prepared for things because, um, there's nothing worse than financial stress. I don't think, I think it's just such a waste of life. Um, so just be prepared for it. Um, that, that and, idea of having a 20% slash fund rings yeah. so true because if you don't have extra built in then the slightest setback means you never ever get a chance to recover yeah yeah totally and yeah I think I think the thing I've learned is just don't be afraid of money 
you know, like it's a tool, like someone someone had to teach me that obviously, that it's like it's a tool in your toolkit, um, yeah, and just use it, you know, get like think of think of it practically rather than I always yeah, but it was very emotional about it. And it's not You didn't want to like you wanted to hold on to it or you no, didn't want to no, use not, it. Not or at all. It was, like I it guess had fear attached to um, it or like, yeah, I think I had fear attached to it. I think I definitely, you know, over my life I'd had had arguments personally I'd potentially see my parents argue about money and I just always yeah. sort of had this thing where I was just like I'm just not going to let money live rule my life so then I probably went so far the other way which I was just like whatever I just didn't care it was just this you know but actually you know I mean it's a tool but it's also you know <laughs> necessity I guess and um I just had to come to a place where I didn't get emotional about it it was just like use it to find the stability that you need to do all these other wonderful opportunities that you have around you. Do you have like words you live by? Do you have like, um, you know, are there any mottos you say to yourself when things are hard or? Not really. I guess my, my life motto really is that nothing really matters except for the people that you love in your life, you know? And I think that um, I had a very sick baby recently um and that's very much put my life into perspective once again um but yeah I guess nothing can nothing can't be solved you know with a glass of really delicious wine and a a meal share with the people that you love is definitely I just don't you just don't sweat it you know like I just don't let anything ever overwhelm me really I'm like so good now at just rising to challenges there is always a way out of something, you know, ask somebody else if you don't understand. I think that's probably one of my biggest pieces of advice is, um, to, to anybody in business or just, I guess, you know, that is that you don't need to know everything. You will have a strength and um, it's much braver to go and find somebody and ask them for help than battle your way through it because it will, you know, it'll cost you energy and time and money you know and I think that if you think about the cost of energy as well I think that's a really important thing to keep in your in your mind do you, do you mean like uh if you're spending time on this you're not spending your time on something better? yeah if you're not good at something and you're and you're battling away that it, it's going to take you three times the amount of time to do that than it is somebody who's very good at it mm. you know and that energy that you're pumping into that and it's you've got you know like let's say you've got like a gla- you know full glass of energy you, you want to be spending that on, on things that you're going to be thriving in and you're going to be contributing well to the business, yeah. So we've just kind of, I've just learnt over time as well, just, just not stick to what you're good at because I've definitely always challenged myself. I always um, try and learn and understand things that I'm not comfortable with as well, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm the person in charge of it. Right, yeah, yeah that's, that's a cool thought. So you don't give over... Um, responsibility for things uh you know you still have to own it and know it yes but you can give over the work and let other people do it yeah that's so cool and as a last thought you know what's next so you've got the goal of like 15 doors and in, in a few years and um, yeah and and you know, it sounds like you've always had two or three major things going on most of the time yeah i guess um i and i'd like to grow our family it's, that was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, um, which is which. Well, is pretty exciting. I have um, a really a real fascination with um, scent, probably just as much as I do 
with food and um and scent and also I just have had this yeah so so an idea that's been sitting in, in the back of my head around skincare for teenage girls so I mean I don't know like whether I can ever make that happen um but we will see and um my husband and I have another venture that we'd love to do that would is largely philanthropic mm. um sits more in I guess um social you know entrepreneurial kind of um sphere so yeah let's hope we can make burger burger work let's focus for the next few years and then um yeah the world is kind of you know limitless and hopefully we can go out there and do some do some good stuff ah, so yeah, magic. for other people not just ourselves you know Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us today, Mimi. That's Mimi Gilmore of Burger Burger uh, and also um, Company of Women. So check out both of those organisations. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Madeline Chapman, for uh, producing today. Uh, and if you are a fan of the podcast, please do jump on and check out the other spin-off podcasts available through your iTunes. You've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound. Brought to you by The Spin-Off and Callahan Innovation. From The Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring. Brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.